All right, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Valley Creek. Merry Christmas to you. Come on, whatever campus you're at, Denton, Flower Mound, Louisville, the venue watching online, let's just welcome each other together. Come on, it's Christmas. It is Christmas week. Can you believe it? Oh, 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 that's a bunch of people that haven't done their shopping yet. They're like, oh, 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 if I hear one more time, we have less days this year to shop this Christmas season because Thanksgiving was late. It's okay. You're going to be fine. It'll all work out. Merry Christmas. Glad you're here. Wow, this year went fast. Can you believe it? End of the year, Christmas time. And before we jump into all that, I just want to stop and say, man, it has been a great year here at Valley Creek this year. It's been a great year. This year, we've been moving mountains, walking on water, fighting giants. We've been increasing and advancing, going to new places. We are a family on mission. We are a people on a journey with Jesus. We are more than just a church. We're following Jesus and trying to change this city and this world together. And so I just want to say to all of you, man, thank you for this year. Thanks for being Valley Creek this year. Thanks for serving and giving and loving and leading and creating culture and worshiping and doing all the things that we do to make Valley Creek a great place. You see, I say the same thing to everybody when they come and they'll say to me, they'll see me in the city somewhere and they'll be like, oh, we we love Valley Creek. It's such a great place. And I always say almost the same thing back to them. I say Valley Creek is a great church because it's full of great people. People make a church great. People who are following Jesus, who want everything that God has for them. And so I just want to say to you at the end of this year, man, thank you for all that you've done to make it a great church this year, a great journey. We are better together. God's been doing some amazing things. 2020 is going to be incredible. 2019 has been amazing. And here we are. It's Christmas. It's Christmas. It's amazing how some people, man, they won't cheer for nothing all year long. You say the word Christmas, they're like, woo! It's like, okay, it's Christmas! Okay, so next week we have our Christmas services. We have 20 services across all of our campuses. Services are on Sunday and Tuesday. Same service on Sunday and Tuesday. You pick the one that works the best for you and your family. Our Christmas services, if you've ever been to one, they're amazing. The presence of God is there. We put a lot into it. It's one of our biggest services of the year. For the last few few weeks, we've been handing you these. These are called invite cards, not information cards. This is not to inform you. This has somebody's name in the city on it through you to invite them to come and experience the hope of Jesus. 20 services, they're all the same. Pick the one that works best for you and your family or better yet, pick the one that works best for the people that you're inviting to. And when you come, let me just remind you, next week, people from all over the place show up here. People who don't know anything about this place, people who don't know Jesus, people who haven't been to church in 50 years, people who think God is mad at them, people who have an edge against Jesus, people who have an edge against the church. All those people, they all show up at the same time. And when people come, they don't come into a building, they come into a people. 
Next week, the lost, the lonely, and the broken, they're not walking into a building, they're walking into a people, a family called Valley Creek. So let me just encourage you, be us next week. Park as far away as you can, sit as close to the front as you can. You say, why? So they can have the closest spots to the building and the furthest seats away from me. (laughs) Because that's the seat that they prefer. Okay, you can get close, you know me, we got a good thing going here, so scoot on in, give them the back, because honestly, that's where they want to be. They don't want to come in late and get ushered to the front row. They're like, God knew it, he's mad at me. (laughs) No, no, we don't want to do that. So do that, be our culture, be kind to people, welcome them. If someone looks lost, help them, worship. Let's invite the presence of God to come into this place. Go out of your way to just be us in every way, shape, and form. Because remember, hope is here, everyone's welcome, And Jesus changes everything. I'm believing that this next week, God is going to do some amazing things in people's lives. So let's invite, let's be the culture. Let's be Valley Creek Church. We're going to have amazing services at the end. It's the candlelight, the whole deal. Kids, kids experience is going to be amazing. So you're not going to want to miss it. You're going to want to get everybody here. And then the following weekend on December 29th, we have our special online New Year's Eve only service. If you've been with us every year, the week after Christmas services, we don't meet at any of our physical locations. We meet online only because we let everything rest. We let our buildings rest. We let our serves teams rest. We let our leaders rest. We let our staff rest. We let everything rest, but we have an amazing online only service that I'm really excited about what we put together for you this year. So it'll be on demand starting at midnight all day long, December 29th. So you'll want to mark that in your calendar. If you show up, you will be the only one here. You can have church by yourself because we're all going to be watching online somewhere in our lives. You with me on that? It's amazing. Here's just a thought for you today. It's amazing how sometimes we try to communicate so many things to you and you don't hear them. But when we say we're not meeting, everyone gets this one. It's amazing to me how it's like, oh, online only. I got that one. Okay. All right. Well, good. I'm glad we got that one. The last thing I got for you is just this. Man, stay connected with us in all the different ways so we can inform you. Man, text VCC to 313131 if you haven't done it. We'll remind you like, hey, no service this weekend. Or, hey, it's Christmas services starting today. Check us out on social media. Whatever it is that we can stay connected with you to keep you up to date of all the good things that God has been doing here. It's an amazing year. It's gonna be an amazing Christmas, an amazing 2020. And all I wanna do today is just take a couple minutes to just kind of prepare your heart for the Christmas season, because it's Christmas! It's Christmas! Woo! Christmas, parties and presents and trees and food and family and drama. All of it, right? It's Christmas, man. Christmas is supposed to be full of awe and wonder. It's this mysterious reality. And and I think sometimes we just kind of get lost in all the things that we have to do and we totally lose sight of Christmas. Not because we have a bad heart or not because we have the wrong mode. I just think sometimes we just get bombarded with all the things that are going on in our lives that we forget what Christmas is, is really all about. And sometimes I think we get lost and we think Christmas is just a holiday or it's this event that happened 2,000 years ago, but, but Christmas isn't a story of yesterday. It's a declaration of the goodness of God today. 
And so all I want to do today to just kind of try to prepare your heart is I just want to give you five really quick things that Christmas reminds us of and use five of maybe the most famous Christmas verses that we hear all the time and kind of try try to tie it into five of the famous Christmas icons uh, that we see and experience throughout the year to maybe just give you a different perspective of what Christmas reminds us of, that it's not a story of yesterday, it's a declaration of the goodness of God today. And so all I want to do today is, I, you don't even have to take notes, Nothing. I just want to speak to your heart. Is that cool? Yes. To just try to prepare you for this next week that you might experience all that God has for you. Five really quick things that Christmas reminds us of. First thing is just this, Christmas reminds us that God is with us. I have no idea what your year has been like. I don't know if your year has been full of mountaintops or valleys. I don't know if this has been a year where you've been celebrating and having victories and and, and feeling like you're moving forward and taking ground, or maybe this has been one of the hardest years of your life. Maybe this is a year where things didn't go the way that you wanted to and things broke down on you and things just didn't seem to ever really get going and you're watching other people celebrate and move forward and you feel like you're moving backward and what's happening to you? Well, can I just tell you, regardless of what your year has been like, God not only has been, he is with you right now. I mean, look at this verse. The virgin will be with child and they will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You see, Christmas reminds us that God is with us because he wants to be with us. Christmas is the story of the God of the universe stepping out of heaven, putting on humanity and coming to be born as a baby in a manger in a stable. He came to the lowest of lows, to the least deserving, least expecting people. He came in the most humble and broken circumstances, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. Because he didn't want there to be any distance between you and him anymore. And so he said, I'm moving into your neighborhood. I'm moving into your life. And I'm here once and for all. And no matter what you feel, no matter what you experience, he wants you to hear today that he is with you. In fact, I love what Jesus says in John. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I love this. Jesus says, hey, I'm the light of the world. I came to be with you in your darkness so that it would be dark no longer. I came to be with you in your desperation so that you could have hope. I came to be with you in your pain so that you could have healing. When he says, I am the light of the world, what he's saying is, I am with you even though it may feel dark all around you. My presence is the light in your life. And that's why I love this verse in Genesis that says, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. In other words, surely the Lord is with me. And maybe I just haven't been aware of it. You see, the question is not, is God with you this Christmas season? The question is, are you aware that he already is? And if God is with you, come on, who or what can be against you? No matter how dark it may be out there, if he is with you, then light is all around you. And so here's what I want to encourage you this Christmas. 
Christmas reminds us that God is with us. And every time you see Christmas lights, you see Christmas lights on a tree, you see Christmas lights on a fence, you see Christmas lights lining a building or on a house, you see Christmas lights. May when you see those Christmas lights, may they not be decorations, may they be a reminder that the light of the world is with you. Christmas lights are not decorations. They're a declaration that you are not alone. In fact, even this week in my life, I tucked my kids in bed. It was late at night and I walked downstairs and Colleen's got a little tree right at the bottom of our stairs. And as I walked down, the whole house was dark except for those lights. And I walked down and all of a sudden I just saw those Christmas lights. And it was just like a moment with me and God. In the midst of a dark house, here were just a few lights and it was like God saying, He's with you. And may those lights remind you of that. Second thing is this. Christmas reminds us that peace and joy are always available. Peace and joy are always available. That's what Christmas reminds us of. And just like I said, I'm not sure what your year has been like. I'm not sure how you feel like right now in this season. Like if I'm real honest with you, I've been really overwhelmed these last few weeks. These last few weeks have been full of stress and burdens and responsibilities. I've had things to do and places to go, relationships to navigate, honestly, some drama to manage. If, you, if that's like your life in any way, I hear you. I feel you. Decisions to make, like I'm in a place of a little bit of decision fatigue. Like I don't want to make one more decision. I don't care what you want for lunch. Just pick something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You make a lot of decisions. You appreciate that. And I've just been overwhelmed. And honestly, over these past few weeks, I've had to find myself a few different times just literally stopping, getting down on my knees and saying, Jesus, I need your peace and your joy in my life right now because I ain't got it on my own. And what Christmas reminds us is that because of Jesus, that peace and joy are always available no matter what's happening. Like check out this verse. Glory to God in the highest. These are the angels speaking. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. You can almost hear this verse being declared in the Charlie Brown Christmas story, right? And, and when we hear this, what we misinterpret is we hear glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men. And we think, oh, peace is covering the earth like a blanket. That peace is all of a sudden, it's just out there. And then we get confused and we wonder why is there chaos and storms and confusion and brokenness and darkness. But we miss the second half of the verse. It's not just peace to everyone on the earth. No, no. It's peace to men and women on whom his favor rests. There's a condition. Who does his favor rests upon? Anyone who wants it. Peace is available to anyone who says, Jesus, I believe and receive everything you offer me. That's why he's called the Prince of Peace. He wants to come in and take authority over your life and bring the peace that he came to offer us. But you have to submit and surrender to his lordship or his leadership. You see, peace and joy are not things you achieve. They're things you receive. And we spend our lives trying to achieve peace and joy by the way we look and the car we drive and the money we have and the awards we win and the influence we create. But then the peace and joy never comes with that, does it? 
Because peace and joy are not achievable. They're only receivable by allowing Jesus to move into your life and say, hey, I've come to bring peace with you and God. And until you have peace with you and God, you will not have peace in any other area of your life. And what you have to remember is, is that Jesus didn't come to bring peace out there. He came to bring peace in here. And when you let him bring peace in here, he gives you authority to walk on the storms out there. Can I ask you a question? Is the Prince of Peace ruling in your heart today? Or are you your own prince or princess? Or is something else your prince or princess? And maybe that's why there's no peace and joy. I mean, look at this next verse. I love this again. But the angel said to the shepherds, do not be afraid. Pause. And just ask you, are you afraid today? I'm not afraid. No, I'm not talking like that. Are you afraid? Are you afraid of what's happening with your kids? Are you afraid of what's happening in your marriage? Are you afraid of not having enough resources or what 2020 is going to be like? Are you afraid of the, the depression and the brokenness and the anxiety? Are you afraid of a circumstance or a situation? Are you afraid today? Because what I think God wants to say to you is what he said on that first Christmas. Do not be afraid. Because I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. If it's all the people, does that include you? Yes. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. In other words, you don't have to be afraid because the good news is the gospel that Jesus came to restore your identity, reconcile your relationship with God, redeem your purpose. And when all of that takes place, you not only have peace with God, you have great joy because you understand what he has done because he is the Savior who has come for you today today. Christmas reminds us that peace and joy are always available. The question is, is whether or not we want to receive it. And so this Christmas, may you be reminded that that peace and that joy is available no matter what kind of drama is happening in your family, no matter what's happening in work, no matter what's happening in school, no matter what the circumstances or situations are around you, all you have to do is receive it in Jesus' name. And so this Christmas, as you're reminded of that, every time you see a Christmas tree, may you be reminded that peace and joy are available. And you're thinking, what does a Christmas tree have to do with peace and joy? Everything. Why do we do Christmas trees? Christmas trees are a picture of the... Hmm. Why do I put a Christmas tree in my house every year? Do you ever wonder that? No, but you're making me think about it now. Christmas trees are a picture of the cross. Of the cross. You're like, the cross? Yeah. Jesus came and died on a tree. A tree. The cross is made up of a tree. You're like, it wasn't metal? No. It was a tree. He died upon a tree. And you know what a Christmas tree does? A Christmas tree dies. 
It lays down its life. It gets cut down so it can go in your house. And all of your ornaments and memories and pictures and things that are important to you can be hung upon it. That is the cross. Jesus laid down his life so all of your peace and joy and life and abundance and all the things that are important to you can be hung upon him. Because peace and joy does not rest on your shoulders. It rests on Jesus' shoulders. And just like you can't carry around Christmas ornaments on your finger, you can't carry around peace and joy on your finger. It rests on Jesus. Come on, are you with me on that? Every time you see your Christmas tree, may you be reminded peace and joy are available because God made peace for me through Jesus on the cross. And that's what this, pic, this Christmas tree reminds me of. Some of you are like, I'm not sure. Check it out. Next thing is this. Christmas reminds us that everything is possible. Come on, think of the Christmas story. Here's what's amazing. The whole thing is supernatural. The whole Christmas story is a sign, a wonder, a miracle, an impossibility. Think about it. Angels are just popping up and speaking to people all over the place. Come on. A 16-year-old virgin girl conceives through the Holy Spirit, the Son of God. The Son of God stepped out of heaven, took on flesh, and became human and walked among us. Zechariah and Elizabeth, an old couple, had a baby named John the Baptist. And hundreds of prophecies were exactly fulfilled to the detail through the birth of Jesus. The whole thing is supernatural. The whole Christmas story is a reminder that God can break in on any situation at any point in time. That's why this verse says, the Christmas verse, for nothing is impossible with God. When the angel and Mary are talking and it's like, whoa, how is this going to happen? Nothing is impossible with God. It was true that first Christmas and it's true today. Come on. Do you need a miracle in your life? Do you need a healing? Do you need a reconciliation? Do you need a breakthrough? Do you need a provision? Do you need God to show up and do for you that which you can't do for yourself? Christmas reminds us that everything is possible. Come on, Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he did it that first Christmas, why can't he do it today? Oh, come on. If he did it then, why can't he do it now? And so what do we need to do? We just need to position our hearts. I love what Mary says at the end of the whole conversation. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. You want the impossible in your life? And say, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Not may it be to me as I have said. Not may it be to me as they have said. Not may it be to me as I think. May it be to me, as you have said. So this year, when you see your little manger scenes, may you look at a manger scene and not see little clay figures and a little family story that's just a little nicety on your mantle or on a shelf in your house. May you look at that and see the impossible. May you look at the manger scene and realize the entire scenario and every figure in there is the supernatural movement of God that is available for you today. Come on, Christmas reminds us that everything is possible. Fourth thing is this, Christmas reminds us that generosity is the normal response to grace. 
Christmas reminds us that generosity is the normal response to grace. See if you can catch this with me for a second. The whole Christmas, the whole world, everybody, when it gets to Christmas, all we do is we talk about giving and receiving presents, right? Christmas is the season for giving. That's everybody knows that. If you didn't know that, now you do. Christmas is the season for giving. Why? Because on that first Christmas, God so loved the world that he gave. His one and only son, Jesus, the first and best, the greatest gift of all, he gave us grace. And when he gave us that grace, the only normal response for us as we receive it is to be generous back. In fact, think of the wise men for a second. Check this out. It says, on coming to the house, they saw the child. The wise men, they come and they see baby Jesus. And in that moment when they see him, they don't see a baby. They see grace and truth in their neighborhood. They look into the face, not of a baby. They look into the face of grace and truth with his mother Mary and they bowed down and they worshiped him. Ready? Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. Isn't it interesting that oftentimes we think the wise men traveled all that way to give gifts. No, the wise men traveled all that way to have an encounter with grace. They traveled all that way because they were Gentiles excluded from the promise of God. And all of a sudden they show up and realize, wait a second, God has just moved in such a way that all people, that today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you, to all people are now welcome in this. And they come and they see and they have an encounter with grace. Then they are so moved that they respond with generosity. That's how it works in the kingdom of God. We receive his grace and our only natural response is to give back to God. Because when you understand that God gave you what you didn't deserve, you can't help but give back to him what you have. Come on, this is why it says about Jesus, go to the next verse. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. In other words, the grace of God caused God to pour himself out. Jesus poured everything he had out upon you, became poor, a baby in a manger that became the man on the cross that died so that you could live. You now are rich. Rich in what? Rich in life and love and peace and joy and abundance and vision and future and eternal life. You are rich in every way, shape, and form. He didn't just forgive your sins. He transformed your identity, credited your account. And when you start to grasp that, you're like, oh my goodness, I can't help but give back to God. So here's what's interesting at Christmas. We spend so much time talking about and thinking about and planning what we're going to give all the people in our lives. Some of you, you literally like make spreadsheets of the presents you have to buy for the people in your life. Here's my question. Have you put any thought at all into what you're going to give to Jesus in response to his grace in your life? Have you thought in any way that, oh my goodness, the grace of God in my life not only deserves, it demands a response, so I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give an offering. I'm going to sacrifice and give to missional move hope for the city. I'm going to in some way give to Jesus because of his grace in my life. 
Come on, think about this. The whole world gives and receives presents in this season. People that don't even believe in Jesus do it. Why? Because responding with generosity, it's supernatural. It's supernatural. End of the year giving. You understand, end of the year giving is not because the government says this is how you have to give, so it counts on this year's tax roll. You're like, wait a second. The Christmas tree and taxes. That's not why people give. They give because it's a supernatural response that they don't even realize they're responding to. Come on, there's this thing called common grace. Common grace, which means it's common and it's available to everyone. Everyone in the world has common grace upon their lives. What does that mean? It means they were created in the image and likeness of God. It means they're alive. It means they have air to breathe. It means they have water to drink. It means there's a sun in the sky and rain for life. Common grace. And if common grace leads lost people to respond with generosity and they don't even understand it, how much more should saving grace lead us to generosity? How much more should the grace that transformed us and redeemed us and saved us and empowered us lead us to respond? Come on. You understand, this is why we don't pass plates or baskets in this church. Why? Because we come in like the wise men. We meet with God. And when we're done, we leave and we respond in worship and give it the boxes on the way out the doors or online during the week. We have an encounter with grace and that grace should lead us to generosity. In fact, if there's no generosity flowing through your life, you have to stop and say, am I actually receiving the grace of Jesus? Because all throughout the Bible, it is the standard. It's the only way. We don't, we're not generous so we get grace. No, 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 no. We receive the overwhelming supply of grace and we can't help but be generous back. So this Christmas, as you see presents and you give and exchange presents, every time that happens, may you be reminded that that is a picture of the grace of God moving into your life. And the only natural response is to be generous back to him. Because when someone gives you something, you can't help but respond. Agreed? And the last thing is simply this. Christmas reminds us that we are on mission. Okay, I hate to break this to some of you, but Christmas is not about you. Christmas tree, taxes, and Christmas is not about me. It's not about you. It's not about your family and your party and your presence and your plans and your expectations and the perfect little agenda you've got with all the games and the knickknacks and everything and that little nephew kid that didn't respond right and it's kind of, it's not about you. The entire story of Christmas is the story of mission. The entire story of Christmas is God moving in such a way that he wanted to be on mission to seek and save the lost which was or is you. Christmas isn't about parties and events and plans. The reason we do it, it's because we celebrate that God went on mission to come and find us when we were lost. Come on, think about this. After Jesus is born, the angels show up and they talk to the shepherds and it says when they had, and, the, and they, the angels come and tell the shepherds and the shepherds go and they see Jesus and it says when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. 
Even the first Christmas, as soon as Jesus is born, the angels go on mission to tell the shepherds. As soon as the shepherds see Jesus, they go on mission to start telling the city. As soon as people in the city see it, they go on mission and they start telling other people. And all of a sudden, everyone who hears about Jesus are amazed. Mission. He came to seek and save that which was lost. Seek, passionately pursue, to save. To save, heal, make whole, deliver, set free in every way, shape, and form. The entire story of Christmas is about mission. And so if there's no mission tied into your Christmas, you've already missed the point of Christmas. I hate to be the one to break that to you. Like you understand, the first Christmas was the beginning of a movement of hope. Go to the Movement of Hope slide for me. The first Christmas was the beginning of a movement of hope. The spirit of Christmas is a movement of hope. It's God stepping out of heaven, breaking into regular people's lives and empowering them with grace and hope to go out and change the world. Christmas is the epicenter of a movement of hope. It's the ripple that started, that comes all the way to you and I today. And this is our vision. And if we're going to be a movement of hope for the city, it means we actually have to move move and do something. Come on. We gave out like 15,000 of these shirts to you guys this year. (laughs) These shirts are not just cool shirts, although they are. These shirts are a reminder that you're a hope carrier on mission with Jesus. And when we get to Christmas, we have to stop and say, hmm, this is not an information card. This is an invitation card. Yes. Because there are people in your life who are lost, lonely, and broken. And you're the only one in our church who has access to them. Come on. Why would you not want the people in your life to come to Christmas services next week? It's an interesting question, isn't it? Why would you not want them to come? I would say the only reason we wouldn't want them to come is because it requires inconvenience for ourselves. That it kind of messes with my Christmas plans and I'm busy this week. So I, people are lost and going to hell. And we can't be afraid of using that word or defining the reality because when you understand that people are lost, lonely, broken, and going to hell without Jesus, all of a sudden you start making Christmas this amazing gift and it reminds you, oh my goodness, Jesus came not just for me, but he came for them too. In fact, if you go to the map, this is what we've been saying all year long. We've been saying, what if we become a church for the region and draw a circle around here and say, what if we make it hard for people to go to hell in this region? Okay, but the deal with that is not just opening up buildings and campuses. The whole point is us moving and inviting people and engaging and realizing we're on mission and saying, hey, here's some simple things we can do. I'm going to post it on my social media because I want everyone to be aware of what's happening. And then when I'm at my kids' games or activities or at school, I'm just going to start out. Here's what you just ask people. Hey, what are you doing for Christmas? They'll start telling you and they'll start complaining about something. And you'll be like, hey, I don't know about all that. But what, me and my family, we go to this great church. There's a great Christmas service. It's candlelight. It's an amazing experience. Would you want to come with us? You would be shocked at how many people would say yes to that. Shocked. 
Some of you that have families that want nothing to do with this, maybe you say, hey, the gift that I would like for Christmas this year is could we as a family all go to church together? What kind of better gift could you get from the people in your life that don't know Jesus than them saying, all right, awesome. I don't have to buy anything for you. I'm just going to come to church. Yeah. And then they walk into the atmosphere of hope and experience the presence of God and who knows what God will do. You're part of our online campus. Invite people to watch online with you. I mean, there's so many different ways. Here's the deal. If this is a harbor of hope, you understand broken ships don't just drive themselves in. Broken ships have to be sought after, hooked up, and pulled in to port. Okay. People aren't just going to drive by and be like, there's a sign on the building. We should go. No. They're going to come because you posted on social media and they see another person who you guys don't even know each other posted it on social media. And then a third person who's in their life has the courage to invite them. And then all of a sudden they're like, I'm seeing this thing everywhere. I should probably just go check it out. And you'd be amazed at what God would do. Can I just tell you something? If you're grumpy, complaining, critical in this season of your life, it's probably because you've lost sight of mission. It's amazing how I have very little to complain about, criticize, or be grumpy about when I'm on mission to go find lost people who are dying and going to hell without Jesus and bring them in so they might have the opportunity to respond to the grace of Jesus. Come on, are you with me on that? Christmas reminds us that we're on a mission. That God has empowered you to be a part of Christmas 2019. Christmas 2019 is not parties and presents and family gatherings. It's the same purpose as first Christmas, a movement of hope for the city and beyond. In Jesus' name. So this year, when you see angels and shepherds, May you be reminded that the first thing they did was go tell other people about who Jesus was and what he had come to do. They're not just cute decorations. Angels are supernatural, God speaking to humanity and shepherds lead sheep out of the valley of darkness into green pastures. That It's what Jesus came to do now through you and through me. Christmas is not a story of yesterday. It's a declaration of the goodness of God today. And may you and I be reminded of that. May your heart be prepared for that. And may we celebrate who Jesus is and what he has come to do. The baby in a manger became the man on a cross who died and went into the grave, who rose again from the grave so that we might have eternal life with him forever. Merry Christmas. Close your eyes with me. Let me just pray for you today. Jesus, I, I thank you for every person in this room. I thank you for every person who's watching online and any campus. And I thank you, God, for this Christmas season. 
Thank you that you are here and among us. So Lord, right now I pray for every one of us that this year we would be reminded that you are with us. Lord, I pray for peace and joy to fill up our hearts in Jesus' name. I pray for any of us who have never put our faith in Jesus and reconciled with God by believing in who Jesus is and what he has done, that right now in this moment, we would by faith reach out and receive that gift of salvation through grace. Lord, I pray in this season that we would believe that everything is possible and you would break in and do the supernatural. Would you bring some impossibilities to pass in our lives? Would you move with some signs and some wonders? Would you reconcile relationships and bring breakthrough and bring healing and provision and give us direction for our future? Would you come do some impossibilities? Lord, I pray that all of us would be able to receive the grace of Jesus and become aware of it to a place that we respond with generosity. May we open up our hearts and our minds to respond to you and put some thought and effort into how you want us to give to you. And then, Lord, I pray that we would go on mission this week. That everywhere we go, everything we do, we would be in tune and aware of what you're doing and how you're moving. May we go with the spirit of the angels. May we go with the heart of shepherds. May we go and look for the lost, the lonely, and the broken and have a courage and a boldness to step out of ourselves because you stepped out of yourself so that we could be saved. Jesus, thank you that we get to be a part of this thing called Valley Creek Church. Thank you for Christmas. May we be reminded of the goodness of God this season. In your name we pray, amen.